Hello and welcome to today's broadcast. Wherever you're watching from today, I speak peace to you, peace to your home, to your family, and of course to the nation that you're part of. Today we're looking in our series of Possessing a Spirit of Understanding. I want to look at the spirit of truth and its fight in a postmodern world. Now don't be baffled and don't be don't cry away from that subject, but <clears throat> lean in with me today. I don't uh, I'm gonna make uh, a disclaimer right at the front because today we're going to be looking at quite a lot of scripture but I know for many of you reading your Bible it's not something that a lot of believers do through the week so me asking you to read in your Bibles or turn in your Bibles is good for you and it's good for me so you know it's important that if we if scriptures is going to speak to us then scripture must read us it's important that we don't only just read scripture, but scripture reads us. Because, believe it or not, God Almighty wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to me. The heavens are pulsating. And it should be no surprise to you or to me that God wants to speak. And God wants to dialogue with you and me. So, in this season, I'm asking God to speak to us, albeit through this camera, through this broadcast, I'm asking God to speak to you right in your home and God give you a word. God bring healing to your life. God bring wisdom to your life, peace to your life in this time of this lockdown. So let's turn into our subject today. Last week we covered in our series of uh, the possessing a spirit of understanding, we covered the fact that you can't force people into understanding. Why? Because understanding is something that people must desire for themselves. So this week I want to look at truth and its fight in this world of postmodern truth. Now in 2016, the Oxford Dictionary every year puts a new word or introduces a new word into its dictionary. And in 2016, it announced their new word for the year. And you know what it was? It was post-truth. Post-truth. Now, if something is to be considered as post-truth, then it, this means that something has been elevated above historic facts and above widespread acceptance of a truth. Let me say that again. If something has been, uh, if it's post-truth, means something has been elevated above historic facts and above widespread or the widespread of acceptance of a truth. Truth is elevated and becomes replaced by people's subjective feelings and by people's opinions of how truth makes them feel. Sometimes you and I hear the truth and we don't like the way it makes us feel. And because we don't like the way it makes us feel, we want to change our version of the truth. And this is what society has done with regards to scripture. There are many things that our Bible tells speaks of and instructs but because society doesn't like it it chooses its own standard of what is and what is not right we live in a moral relative uh, sorry a moral relative society moral relativism means there's no longer a universal code this is what relativism says there's no longer a universal code or principles to guide us uh, consciously and to keep us in check. Therefore, people want to decide for themselves what is and what is not truth. And how that truth makes them feel. Now, people have a personal perception or a preference, an acceptance, and an acknowledgement 
of what they seem or what they determine is truth. You can say abortion is wrong, but other people will say, well, no, it's not because. It doesn't because, 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 because. There are things there is subjective and there are objective feelings and, uh, sorry, the objective aspects of truth that people don't always take into consideration. And it's not how it makes me feel whether something should be determined whether it's right or wrong. Something, because that's, that's subjective. Murder is not about how it makes me feel. But to the guy who's committed murder, he can justify why he did it. But there has to be rules and truth and laws that govern our behavior and bring a consciousness to our lives, irrespective of how it makes you and I feel. So truth is up for grabs. Truth is something that's been negotiated, compromised and hijacked all day long, every day, in every part of the world. But, my friends, you and I must know what truth is. We must know what truth. Think of those who adopt and propagate every kind of practice. Think of your friends, or maybe you was, this was part of your life before you became born again. Think of those who practice in sex before marriage. It feels good, therefore it must be good. Think of those who, in adultery, they can justify, or they try and justify, why they should cheat on their partner. Think of those who have various forms of sexual preference. To them, they think, this, I'm not hurting anyone, as long as it's done in, in the privacy of my own home, what's the harm? You see the problem we have here? Straight away, people cannot uh, understand and live by a code of practice. <clears throat> People live and think by their emotions and their feelings. People want to be judge and jury of their own lives. Wow. They want to be judge and they want to be jury of what is true and what is not true. What is right and what is wrong. And they say, it's their right. It's my right to be able to have these thoughts and these feelings. Each man is free to believe. What he wants. We said this last week. Each man is free to believe what he wants, but it doesn't mean to make doesn't mean him make him right, I should say. Sorry for that. It doesn't make him right. Each man can believe, can think what he wants. Because inside your head is inside of your head. But it doesn't mean to say that you're correct in what you believe. You see, you may have the freedom to do what you want, but God is in control of the consequences. Your freedom will bring about a fruit, a result, and a consequence, whether good or bad. So though you may be free and God has given each one of us a free will to live the way we want, there will be a time of judgment and there will be a time when consequences will lead to a place called judgment. Now, let's go in our Bibles to chapter two, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. And... Adam and Eve, let's look at Adam and Eve as they were the originators of the gospel called post-truth. They were the originators, the originals. We're going to call them the originals. And in Genesis 2, 9, it says, And the Lord God made all kinds of tree grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, and good food 
and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now there's two trees here. There's a tree of life and there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, go down to verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man. Now the Lord God commanded. So God's, that we see one standard here. Now he speaks to man. There's another standard. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But, but, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of its tree, you will surely die. Now, God could have closed the garden and not allowed them, but that was not the point. God was giving man a free will to exercise his free will, but also bring him to the realization, the conscious realization, that your actions carry consequence. So here's Adam and Eve. Once they disobeyed God and they used their own opinion and they elevated their own opinion, they entered a phase called post-truth. God's standard no longer existed in their life. They overrode God's protocol, God's command, And they decided to act on their own. They now became judge and jury of what they thought was right. So, these guys were the originals. Now, think of it. They opened the door for sin to enter into our world. Now, every born baby now that is born, is born with sin. Their actions has created a consequence called sin. Every man is born with sin. So then Jesus Christ, the, the, you know, the first Christ, the first, uh, first Adam, suddenly the second Adam came and had to correct what the first Adam corrupted. There's the consequence. So one man has to come and die on, the, on behalf of the whole world because of what the first man corrupted. So, <clears throat> the trees, these trees, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want you to understand this. This tree, notice it says in this tree, the knowledge of good and evil. So intrinsically in this tree, there is good and there is evil. You cannot take from a tree that's got good and evil and only expect to get the good when the evil is in that tree. You can't do it. If you take the good, you take the evil with it. That's why he said, this tree is not good for you. Now this is what we have in society. People are eating from this tree all day long. So there's good in this tree, but there also is evil. So when it comes to knowledge, it comes to philosophy, when it comes to understanding, there is mixture that has contaminated society. So fast forward the button now from generation to generation to generation to generation. We see people, we see the education system. We see the laws. We see the whole fabric of our society is been eaten from this tree. However, there is another tree. There is the tree of life. Now, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil tries to attack the knowledge, I should the tree of life. The tree of life is stronger, is clean, it's uncontaminated, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is contaminated. So here we see, you know, in in, in the church today, we have so many pastors who are offering the church so-called wisdom, but the problem is with this wisdom, 
is it's, they are, it's wisdom that's taken from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So though it sounds good, its root is still contaminated. Rather than the church listening to speakers, pastors, leaders who just feed from the tree of life. See, the deception is for a Christian to think because I'm a believer, everything I hear, touch and speak must be good because I'm a believer. There's, there's the first heresy right there. There's the first fault right there. You can be born again and have the life of God inside you, but you can also feed from the wrong tree. Now, when you have people who feed their lives from the wrong tree, that wisdom that they supply, that knowledge, that understanding, that advice, if it comes from the wrong tree, then it's, it's steeped, its roots are steeped in evil. Oh, I'm not saying the person's evil. I'm saying what they're drinking from, what they're feeding from is not of God. Now, through the power of the resurrection... Not only have Christians received forgiveness and salvation and eternity, but we've received the fullness of Christ, who now lives inside us in bodily form. So the, the life, the tree of life, Jesus Christ, is now the one who's living inside us. So the second Adam is now living in us. So that the fullness from the, from the second Adam is now the very thing that we feed from. He is the voice, he is the wisdom, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. And I want to show you how these two trees, these two trees are right before us every day of life. So when we live in a culture of post-modernism or post-truth, it's because these trees, the, good, the knowledge of good and evil, is what society feeds from. But there is a tree called the tree of life that those who belong to Christ should feed from the tree of life and not dabble in the other tree. Watch this. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity. So in Christ, in Christ, all, all the fullness of the Godhead lives what? In human bodily form. Now, it, now, it now lives in me. It now lives in you. Watch this. And you have been given the fullness in Christ. Not in that tree, but in this tree. This tree, not that tree. You've been given the fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, in him. So not only Christ, in Christ, we were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. See what the first Adam corrupted the second Adam has to now come and cleanse. We were putting off the sinful nature, not with circumcision done by hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. That's the death. In other words, we no longer associate with the tree of good and knowledge and of evil. We now only want to associate with the tree of life. Uh, sorry, let me go back. Verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. You who were dead in your sins, the tree of good and the knowledge of evil, you were dead if you, in your sins if you eat from that tree. You who were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins 
having cancelled the written code. So there is a consequence that comes from those people who feed off the tree of the good and the knowledge of evil. There's a consequence. It's called judgment. It's called separation, eternal separation. But there is, a, there is also a blessing that comes for, to those who feed off the tree of life. It's called eternity. It's called salvation. It's called the fullness Watch this, having cancelled the written code with its regulations, that was against us. That was, the moment you partake of the the old tree, there is a sentence over your life. It is appointed for for man to to live once, and then after that, the judgment. That has now been cancelled for those who eat from the tree of life. That war against us, so having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it on the cross. The consequence of the old tree is no longer the consequence for those who partake of the new tree. This is such a powerful scripture. So remember, we cannot force people into understanding. Understanding is something that people must desire for themselves. Now the problem is, is when people desire understanding, they think they're free to drink from anywhere they want. They think they're free to eat from anyone's table. They think they're free to, go, to listen to any speaker they want or read any book they want. Now here's the problem, because you know you're in Christ, it does not give you the freedom to go and eat from the tree of the good of knowledge and evil. Why? Because Christ has separated us from that tree. Why would we now want to go back and listen to a lot of so-called philosophy, a lot of so-called stuff, and think because we're a Christian it doesn't contaminate us? It does. It does contaminate us. So we who have the desire to understand and be further enlightened, we must draw closer to God and pursue him with intensity. Why? Because when we pursue God with an intensity, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth leads us into all understanding. And it enables us to take, partake of the fullness of him. Now think of that fullness. There's so much in God that you and I have not yet discovered, that it takes the spirit of truth within us to search the depths of God, to show us that those two trees are not the answer for our lives. But the more we pursue God, God will lead us to the tree of life. But if we just get into the kingdom and we just say, I'm a Christian now, I just go to church, but I don't pursue and I don't actively pursue and desire more of, of God in my life, then I will always take partake from that tree. It's the wrong tree, my friend. So the spirit of this age. Now, if we use that phrase, postmodernism or post-truth, watch this. That's called the spirit of this modern age. The Bible calls that that philosophy a spirit of this modern age. So if we partake from the tree of life, we have the Holy Spirit. But those who take... From that tree, that's called the spirit of the modern age. Now, it's a spirit that operates in every generation. So in our generation, it's now called the modern age. So watch this. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, wants to guard your heart and mind from you being contaminated from the spirit of this age. The spirit of truth wants to guard, guide, guard and govern your life from you being contaminated from the spirit of this modern age. And believe me, my friends, there is a spirit 
of this modern age that's trying to pollute your thinking. Because social media, TV, everything's going to... Uh, every, all the philosophies of this world are all being propagated to bypass the code of behaviour. It's now live and let live. Do what you want. Be free to do what you want. There's no consequences. So the spirit of the age is hell-bent on taking everyone to hell. So it suggests and moves and pushes things apart. But the spirit of the age, this modern age has a mission. It has a mission. And that mission is to pervert. That mission is to overthrow. That mission is to discredit. That mission is to replace God as the center. That mission is to replace Jesus as being the savior, the only way, the truth and the life. That its mission is to remove the spirit of truth from touching your conscience. This is the spirit of the modern age that you and I must wrestle against. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in the spirit realm. That's where the spirit of the modern age comes from, from the principalities in in the, the heavenly realms. So each believer must adopt a personal stance. Knowing what I've just told you now, that the spirit of the modern age is coming to to kill, steal and destroy and pervert and and unseat, you and I must have our personal stance concerning Jesus, his words and him being the, the only truth, the life and the only way to the Father. So it's important each one of us has this personal stance, this conviction that Jesus, his words, his life, his ways, you know, is the only way. Now, you cannot be found wavering from crisis to crisis, from situation to situation, as to whether Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. If it takes a crisis to unseat you or to put doubt in your life, you will always have crisis in your life and you'll always live with doubt in your life and you'll never live by faith. So, if Christ is Christ, then serve him. This is what the prophet found on the top of Mount Carmel when he was fighting against the prophets of Baal. He said, look, if God is God, serve him. If not, get out the way. Get out the way. Stop, my, stop fooling yourself. If your God is God, then serve him wholeheartedly. But if your God is the tree, found in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then you'll serve that all day long. But guess what? That won't give you all the answers that you need in life. Because there is, only, there is an answer in the tree of life. Why? Because that tree of life is the truth. The spirit of truth will testify that that tree is the life. Now, if, you, if Christ is Christ, then serve him. But you, must, you, you know, you cannot be wavering in, in, in your thoughts, your beliefs, your convictions. You must have core convictions in your life. You must. Because the spirit of this age will batter you like waves. It will batter your life. It will batter your thinking. And it will seriously place doubts and ask questions that if you do not have a conviction in your heart holding you together, then you will be swept out to sea into a sea of hopelessness and despair. So, your convictions are convictions because the spirit of truth revealed them to you about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. You remember the song on Christ, the solid rock I stand? All of the ground is sinking sand. Now, to make that declaration, you have to live by core convictions. 
I know my God lives. I know whom I believe. And I am fully persuaded that he is able to do all that he said. And I'm able, and he is able to, to all that I've commit, committed to him, he will bring it through to the day of completion. Why? Because that's my conviction. I know that. So let's go to Romans 1. Romans chapter 1, picking up at verse 16. And he says this, and here's the conviction of Paul straight away. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Here's Paul's core conviction straight away. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power, not a philosophy. It is the power of God unto salvation. Of everyone who believes, I am not ashamed. I am not, I'm not in doubt. I'm not double-minded. I'm not confused. I am not ashamed. Why? Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, it says, and then for the Gentile. For in this gospel, watch this, for in this gospel, in. So there is an understanding inside that tree that can only be made known to you by the spirit of truth. For in this gospel... A righteousness from God is revealed. That righteousness says that your way is not the, your way, is not the way. There is another way. This righteousness brings a conscience of another system, another value system, another higher level that the tree of knowledge, sorry, the tree of good and knowledge does not reveal to you. Jesus, the Ten Commandments, are God's laws, God's principles, God's roadmap, God's compass for guiding humanity. And yet, what does society do? It abandons the Ten Commandments because it wants to live its own way. But here, this righteousness brings the standards back into our life that the tree of good of knowledge and evil perverted. So he says, in the gospel, there is a righteousness. That is by faith. Though I don't all understand it, I believe it. Though I don't see it, I see it with the eyes of faith. Watch this. By faith, from the first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So the first thing Paul says is, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? He's not ashamed because he has core convictions. Secondly, it is the power of God for salvation. Paul recognizes there's a power in this gospel that is not in that gospel. There's a power in the spirit of truth that is not in the spirit of the modern age. There's a power in God's word that is not found in, the, in philosophy, knowledge or education. The next thing he says, a righteousness from God is revealed. In other words, my status, my stature is all elevated above sin and contamination. Why? Because of who I believe and the one I believe in. Let's go. <clears throat> Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Before we get there. I'm jumping ahead of myself, sorry. Let's, let's go back. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Watch this. So we've seen here that Paul has got a personal conviction. He's not ashamed. Now the next thing is the gospel and its truth goes, goes against, goes against the spirit of this world. The gospel of the truth goes against the spirit of this modern world. They're in direct contention. Watch this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness. But to us, 
who are being saved. You've got to determine who the Oz is. Not the Aussies, the Aussies. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I'm going to invite you to touch this power in a minute. In other words, his wholehearted conviction says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But to us who have partaken, who are who partake of the tree of life, it is it's not foolishness to us, it's the power of God unto salvation. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom, I'll destroy that spirit, I'll destroy the philosophies, I'll destroy everything and everyone who's connected to that. Why? Because it's corrupt. I'll destroy it. I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent of the intelligent. In other words, the smartest guys, the brain box. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? In other words, now, come on, where is the wise man then? Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has God, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? In other words, God looks at that tree and says, guys, that tree does not hold anything like this tree does. There's questions in this tree that only this tree can answer. Were they there at the foundation of the world? Were they there when God created the the earth? Were they there when God spoke and set the stars in place and the boundaries are for the ocean? Were they there? No, but the wise man and the scholar are sat there trying to debate. They can't even sort COVID out. One Corinthians chapter two. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But not the wisdom of this age. Wow. Or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. See, there's their destiny right now. We, but, what's this? We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, 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 he says. We speak God's secret wisdom. Now, why is it secret? It's secret because they don't know it over here. But those who partake of the tree of life know it. And how do they know it? Because the spirit of truth revealed it to them. It takes a spirit of truth to reveal a counterfeit spirit. And the spirit of this modern age is counterfeit. Watch this. No, we speak God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden, has been hidden, and that God has destined for our glory before time begun. None of the rulers of this age understood it, and they still don't. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But watch this now. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is our witness. That so is our witness so that... The things that your eyes have seen, the things that your ears have heard, the things that your hands have touched are confirmed that it is the God of heaven who spoke them to you, who revealed them to you, and it's not the spirit of this modern age. So, the God of this age carries distinct words. The God of this age carries distinct words. It carries a tainted version of wisdom. 
And it gives you a seductive path to follow. Let me say that again. The spirit of this age or the God of this age carries distinct words. Libertine. Freedom. Do what you want. I should be free to make my own choices. So he wants words. And it has a tainted version of wisdom. In other words, it tells you to do something and then tries to justify it as if it's given you some kinds of wisdom. So it's telling your kids to rebel. It's telling young people to rebel against their parents. Don't let your parents bring their standards upon you. That was their generation. So now we say, don't discipline children. Why? Because some children have been abused. Now we throw the whole principle out. So that's misuse gets thrown out and disuse. Should say disuse now is something that we throw out because we've not got no correct use. These principles of discipline are there for, for us. And if we take discipline out of schools and out of the home, we've got chaos. But the system says you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You can't do that. The system's nonsense. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. It says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There it is. He's blinded. So they, because they're blinded, they think the wisdom they're given or the knowledge they're given or the insight they're given is true wisdom. Watch this. That this is its mission and its purpose. Watch this. It's blinded the eyes. It's blinded the minds of unbelievers. The minds, the thinking. So they can't see what you and I see. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. James 3.13. We're coming, we're coming to an end. James 3.13 who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. Nah, 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 nah. Now we're looking at something different. A life now. Show it by his life. By his deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts and, and do not boast about it or deny the truth, such wisdom does not come down from heaven. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. So where's it come from? Watch. But it is earthly, unspiritual. Now underline that in your Bible. Unspiritual. It's unspiritual. Watch. Of the devil. There it's, there's its origin right there. There's its origin. Did you catch that? It doesn't come down from heaven. Selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. Watch. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And that's what we've got in our society. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Why? Because it's not contaminated like that tree is. It's the tree of life. It's contaminated. It's not contaminated. It's first of all pure. Then it's peace loving. It's considerate. Watch this. Submissive. Now if something is submissive, then there's order. Order in the home. Order in society. Order in the law. 
You wouldn't have reprobates, rebellion. You wouldn't have all those things if you have submission. There's a chain of command. Full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Peacemakers. See, peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's a message all on itself. 1 Corinthians 2.13. He said this. 1 Corinthians 2.13. This is what we speak. After all that, this is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Now, the spirit of the age has a philosophy, it has words, it has a path, and it has an objective. Here we see the spirit that we speak This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the Spirit. There's the author, by the Spirit, watch. Expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. So, my friend, we do not have post-truth at all. I want to eradicate that word right now. You and I do not live in a post-modern or post-truth. We have truth. Those who partake from that tree are living in that era. But this is not our portion. That's not our reality. We have a saviour who has revealed himself. We have the spirit of the, the living God living inside us who's revealed to us. And we speak his wisdom. We speak his truth. We, we speak his understanding. We are not the same. Now the issue is, is, do not use what you've got as a reason to stay as you are. Your job and my job now is to go and take that light and take that truth and go and graciously be the peacemaker in our society. It's not good enough for you and I to stay here with this truth. We must now go and socially engage with people and find ways to to talk to people and share this love and share this light and share this peace that you and I have received because it's not us and them. Our mission is to save the world. It's to go and reach people for the lost. Jesus died for the world. Your mission is to go and preach his name. The spirit of of this modern age also has a mission. It's to take everybody to hell and deceive them along the way. So, last scripture. I'm going to pray for you, so get ready. I want you to touch this, this spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 7. Acts chapter 4. They had Peter and John brought before them and they began to question him. This is the spirit of the modern age. By what power or by what name do you do this? So they're questioning him now. Those from the secular are now challenging Paul who's been eating from the tree of life. Watch this. What name do you do this by? Sorry, Peter, not Paul. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said to him, Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter's filled with the Holy Ghost said to them, rulers and elders of the people. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a cripple, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone the builders rejected from the dead. That this man stands before you, he is the stone the builders rejected, who, was the capstone, who became the capstone salvation is found in no other one else for there is no other name under heaven from given to man by which we must be saved this is conviction 
Peter's conviction. Watch this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. It's amazing how unschooled, ordinary men who were eating from the tree of life are wiser than the philosophers who eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Unschooled men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Well, I don't know who you've been with this week. I don't know who you've been listening to. I don't know if you're taken away by the the modern news media right now. And you're taken away in fear. I I don't know where your mind's been, but I want to bring you back to this Jesus. I want to bring you back to the tree of life. I want to bring you back to the spirit of truth. I want to arrest that tree that you've been eating from. Or you've been tempted to go and eat from. The same tree that disconnected Adam and Eve from God. Don't think because you're a Christian you can now go and eat from that tree. Because you cannot. You are meant to eat from the tree of life. That tree is no longer your option. Now, the same power that raised this man, healed this man. I want to pray for you now. So if you'd close your eyes and raise your hands with me. I want you to reach out in faith. If there's a healing that your body needs today, I want to, by the name of this Jesus, by the name of this Jesus, my Jesus, I want you to connect to this Jesus the spirit by the spirit of truth. I speak to cancer today. I speak to heart disease today. I speak to lymphoma. I speak to all kinds of diseases. I speak to womb cancer. I speak to complications. I speak to lies and false reports. I speak to financial debt. And right now, by this Jesus, by this Jesus who was crucified, by this Jesus who was rose, who rose from the grave, by this Jesus, by this gospel that, that righteousness is revealed, I declare a breakthrough, a healing right now. I declare to you right now a healing. That's it. Just let it come over your life right now. Whatever, whatever part of your body is in sick, put your hand over it right now and, and join with me in the spirit. Whatever truth, or sorry, whatever lie, whatever, if you're in depression right now, put your hand on your own heart and declare, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of darkness. I will not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good of, and evil. I'm going to speak. I'm going to, I'm going to feed from the knowledge of truth. Spirit of the truth, I'm asking you to guide me to back to my, to my center point. Spirit of the living God, I'm asking you to bring me back to center point. If you don't know Jesus today and you've never known Jesus, then I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer of salvation. I'm going to ask you to say, dear Heavenly Father, I didn't know there was a spirit of truth. But through this broadcast, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want, I want my life to change from this day. I want to become a born again believer. I want to live by the truth. I want to serve the living God and I want my sin to be cleansed. I ask you, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer, I want you to get on the website and go to the dreamcenter.co.uk and I want you to let us know that you've just give your life to Jesus. If you've been healed today, if you've been touched in any way, I want you to get onto the website and I want you to find a way just to tell us that this broadcast is helping you. But until then, I want to say to you, stay in the truth. Stay in the truth. Stay in the truth. Until then, we meet again. God bless you.
God bless you. Amen.